0: Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. There's a ton of volunteers throughout all of our locations who have done a, a bunch of work, including the kids' worship and all the stuff that you see here. Can we just give them a huge round of applause as well? I wanna move from um, clapping to controversy. Uh, there's, there's controversy around uh, Christmas. There's controversy, there's been controversy in our house, and maybe you can help uh, settle that for me uh, tonight a little bit. Um, and maybe this is, this is true in your house as well. Uh, there's controversy over a real tree or a fake tree. We, we've got some controversy there. And, and maybe here in a minute, uh, you can, by the sound of your voice, you could yell or whatever you want to do, and uh, to give me your vote, if you are the real tree person, are you the, f- the fake tree person? Are you the fake tree person uh, that is, it's a little dangerous, or, excuse me, if real tree is a little dangerous, uh, they could be caught on fire? Um, they, <laughs> or, or perhaps, um, as this one woman found out, you know, she expected to have a nice little Christmas. she get out a cup of coffee, and there's a poisonous snake in her tree. So how many here, how many here, like, you're on the I want a real tree, even though it's, it's dangerous, like, you, you're a real, sound of your voice, sound of your voice, okay. Now, how many of you, like, want it to be perfect every single time? Uh, you want it to be cheaper and no surprises. How many here for the fake tree? Can we get some voices? Okay, man, I don't know. I did. Neither one was very enthusiastic, so I'm gonna go ahead and just give that one to me. Uh, well, how, here's another. One. How about Die Hard? Uh, Christmas movie? Not a Christmas movie. Um, so how many? well, hold a second. Hold a second. Hold a second. How many here would say, by the give me, give me the by the a, a vocal vote? How many here would say that this is not a Christmas movie? Sound of your voice. I might, okay. How many here would say, man, Christmas doesn't start until, until I see Die Hard? Yeah. Okay, that's, I'm doing good. Two, two zero. Okay, how many here would say uh, Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving or, or after Thanksgiving? So maybe after Thanksgiving and it's kind of like, you know, you, you, it's, the, the holiday really doesn't mean that much to you, and, and you're kind of like, you know, whatever. And, and so you do it after Thanksgiving. Or do you really, really love Jesus, and you want to you wanna celebrate him as much as possible? So you do it as soon as you can. So how many here, how many here just kind of just do it whenever they get around to it, like after Thanksgiving? Give me, give me some voice. OK, how many here really love Jesus and do it as soon as possible? I was pretty manipulative, but, I, but I, uh, I'll go with that. And then, okay, finally, okay, the best Christmas movie of all time. Best Christmas movie of all time. Um, it's, a, it's a Wonderful Life, traditionalist, or, of course, Elf. Okay. Con- There's definitely going to be controversy in, in my house and it won't be about any of these four things. Um, Controversy has always been a part of Christmas, uh, from the very first Christmas to your Christmas in 2022. Uh, Controversy surrounds Christmas. So uh, tonight, I'm not going to do what maybe you'd expect. We're not going to talk about mangers or stars or shepherds or wise men. Today, we're going to dive into Jesus's ancestry.com. We're going to look at his family tree. And when you open up the first page of Matthew's gospel, it is not about the birth of Jesus. It is about the genealogy of Jesus. It doesn't start with his birth. It starts with his family tree. And What's fascinating here that may get lost on, on you and I is that it was your genealogy. It was your family tree uh, that you used, kind of like your resume, if you were going to be king. Um, And so if you had this, you would take your genealogy and you would scrub it clean of all the losers, right? And then you would highlight all uh, the winners. So it looks like you came from an unbroken chain of awesomeness. That was the idea. Now, uh, what's fascinating is Jesus kind of does the opposite here. It's not a straight line of, of awesomeness, but he... Matthew uh, points out that in the line of Jesus are some things that are a little bit questionable to say the least. This was not the kind of uh, resume, this was not the kind of genealogy that you would expect if you were wanting to put your best foot forward. And I'm going to describe that to you the best I can with five-year-olds in the room. Uh, So bear with me. Uh, But in Matthew 1, 2 through 3, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah. Okay, that all seems fine. But then Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Now, in this point in history, there's a couple things here. Uh, No culture would have listed women in their genealogy, um, except in this one we see not one, but actually four four women. And not the ones that you would expect, not the matriarchs, but I don't know why I just jumped there, but Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, that's why I jumped, and Leah. Uh, but they were, they, they were they didn't, he didn't point out the matriarchs, but he pointed out actually four women who weren't even Jewish. Um, and they, they had kind of a questionable reputation. So, so Tamar, for example, uh, she wanted to have a child, but she could not have a child. So she masterminded like a Netflix, Netflix level, like scandal. And uh, Judah was Tamar's father-in-law. And so Judah lost his wife. So, so Tamar tricked Judah into uh, making her a, a mother. And so this was Tamar. This was scandal. This is what she represented. And um, so it was kind of like an odd thing that, that Matthew would include Tamar. It's odd that he would include Rahab. Rahab was a, a woman of the night. Um, her reputation wasn't great. And then, and then in Matthew 1:6, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Uh, Matthew couldn't even really mention her name. And, and David uh, um, had Solomon, and this was not his wife, but it was someone else's wife. So you have adultery, you have scandal, you have um, crimes, actually, because David had to cover up his tracks um, because of what he had done. You just have this, this family tree, this genealogy. Actually, it's a little puzzling. Why in the world are all these People who seem that you'd actually want to scrub out of there. Why are you including these? Here's why Jesus or included them, and this is why Matthew wrote them down: is because who Jesus came from tells us who Jesus came for. Jesus came from uh, adultery, idolater, idolaters, scandal. Uh, big, big crimes to communicate who he's come from. And maybe you have this vision of of Jesus, you know, like a Santa Claus Jesus. You know, he sees me when I'm sleeping. He sees me when I'm awake, so I better be good for goodness sake. And because he's checking his list, and he's checking it twice. And if I'm a good little boy or girl, um, then he'll accept me. But if I'm not, then he won't. If I'm religious, then I'm in. If I'm irreligious, then I'm out. But Jesus was so clear, even in his genealogy, that I've not come for those who have it all together, but I, I'm, I'm including all people. I'm grafting all people into my family tree. And it's not the ones who are religious that get in. Uh, it's actually those of us who are rebels as well. In fact, when Jesus walked this earth, he had a nickname. And his nickname was Friend of Sinners, which is another way of saying Friend of Criminals. Uh, friend of people who do bad things, and I love watching people come into our services. New people come into our services any Sunday, but especially on a on a day like today because. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm not really a church person, but you play along. Maybe your nephew or niece is up here on the stage, and you're thinking, this is not my thing. And you look around, you can never fit in here. You're thinking everyone around here is so nice. They're so put together. Everyone's super awesome. All the mommies here have their kids in matching little outfits that they designed like four months ago. And uh, you know, I'm just not that person. But uh, as the pastor here, let me let you in on a little secret. I know something about these people. Uh, And they have a past. They have a past that maybe you can't imagine. Maybe you wouldn't expect the person next to you to have been expelled from school. Maybe you wouldn't expect the person next to you to have failed as a parent or fired from their job. Or maybe they've had divorces that you would not have thought maybe they've done things maybe they've viewed things that you thought these people haven't done that they they were just born perfect and that's why they're in church and that's why Jesus accepts them but Here's why they're here, because God loved them and because God changed them, not because they were good people he rewarded, but because they were sinners, that Jesus saved them and he grafted them into his family tree. That's who we are. That's where we come from. And that's who Jesus has come from for we have been grafted into this, not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. We're not waving the flag here of our morality. We're waving the flag of God's grace. Our our virtue signaling may get us more likes on social media, but it won't save us. Uh, Our morality may keep us out of prison, but it's only the blood of Jesus that will keep us out of hell. That's why Jesus came. We sing about it every Christmas. Born that men no more may die. That's what we sing about. That's what Christmas is about. Born that men no more may die. Born in a cradle so he could die on a cross. You see, the first Christmas gift wasn't placed under a tree, but it was nailed to a tree for you and for me. Uh, According to Tim Tebow 316, it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That gift was for you. And when Jesus stretched out his arms, this 33-year-old man, he was saying loud and clear, who, do you, who loves you? I love you. Who, who can, you. who can be trusted? I can be trusted. I am entering into your pain. I am entering into your mess. Bring me your scandal. Bring me your adultery. Bring me your crimes. Bring me all of your failures. Bring it all to me, and I will become for you right now on the cross that very thing. Jesus said, or is said of Jesus in 2 Corinthians 5, that he who knew no sin became our sin. Whatever that thing is in your past, he became that on the cross for you and I. He says, I become what you have done so that you can become who I am. I'll take your place on earth so that you can take my place in heaven. Christmas is for everyone because Jesus came for everyone. It's for anyone because he came for everyone. Jesus is a gift to anyone, anyone who would receive. But you have to receive it. The Father wrapped it. I tried to describe it, but you are the one who has to open it. And I just want to give you an opportunity to do just that, to receive this gift, to open this gift and to make it your own reality. Would you stand with me? If the band's not up, they could come come up. I know, I know, you probably weren't. You were just thinking, I'm just going to come in here and get this over with. And it's, this is not, I don't belong here. I think one of the things that Jesus would want to communicate to you is that you do if you want to. And it's not. it's not because you've been a good person, It's not because you've done things right. It's not based upon anything that anyone has done. It's based upon what Jesus has done for us. And I'm just going to invite you to say a prayer. The prayer, it doesn't save us. It's the gift that saves us. The gift is Jesus. He's the one who saves us. But this prayer could be an opportunity for you to just express where your heart is right now. If you're feeling stirred, like, I want to be a part of that. Say, Jesus, I I see that you are a gift to me. You just say this in your heart. I see that you're a gift to me, not just placed under a tree, but placed on a tree for me. That you became what I have done so that I can become who you are. I want to receive this gift. Thank you for coming to earth to die for me. If you've you've said this prayer, the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He'll live inside of you forever. He'll never leave you. And, And in this life, things won't be perfect, but there is a day where he said he'll come again and he'll take us to a place where there's no tears and there's no death, where everything sad becomes untrue. And this, if you said that prayer, this is now your reality. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. We thank you for coming to us to give to us what we could never earn. We don't deserve it. We don't merit it. But you have given it to us. We we honor you, and we celebrate you.